chapter ninety eight part two of the adventures of peregrine pickle volume two by tobias mollet this librivox recording is in the public domain chapter ninety eight part two this his intention being made known to the governor and his friends their countenances immediately cleared up their courtesy and complaisance returned and they even furnished him with letters for geneva lausanne berne and soleur in consequence of which he met with unusual civilities at these places having made this tour with his scotch friend who came up to him before he left lyons and visited the most considerable towns on both sides of the rhine and the courts of the electors palatine mentz and cologne he arrived in holland and from thence through the netherlands repaired to london where he found my lord just returned from paris his lordship received him with expressions of uncommon joy would not suffer him to stir from him for several days and introduced him to his relations m accompanied his lordship from london to his country seat where he was indeed treated with great friendship and confidence and consulted in everything but the noble peer never once made mention of the annuity which he had promised to settle upon him nor did m remind him of it because he conceived it was his affair to fulfil his engagements of his own accord m being tired of the manner of living at this place made an excursion to bath where he stayed about a fortnight to partake of the diversions and upon his return found his lordship making dispositions for another journey to paris surprised at this sudden resolution he endeavoured to dissuade him from it but his remonstrances were rendered ineffectual by the insinuations of a foreigner who had come over with him and filled his imagination with extravagant notions of pleasure infinitely superior to any which he could enjoy while he was in the trammels and under the restraints of a governor he therefore turned a deaf ear to all m s arguments and entreated him to accompany him in the journey but this gentleman foreseeing that a young man like my lord of strong passions and easy to be misled would in all probability squander away great sums of money in a way that would neither do credit to himself or to those who were concerned with him resisted all his solicitations on pretence of having business of consequence at london and afterwards had reason to be extremely well pleased with his own conduct in this particular before he set out on this expedition m in justice to himself reminded him of the proposal which he had made to him at marseilles desiring to know if he had altered his design in that particular in which case he would turn his thoughts some other way as he would not in the least be thought to intrude or pin himself upon any man my lord protested in the most solemn manner that he still continued in his former resolution and again beseeching him to bear him company into france promised that everything should be settled to his satisfaction upon their return to england m however still persisted in his refusal for the above-mentioned reasons and though he never heard more of the annuity he nevertheless continued to serve his lordship with his advice and good offices ever after particularly in directing his choice to an alliance with a lady of eminent virtue 
the daughter of a noble lord more conspicuous for his shining parts than the splendour of his titles a circumstance upon which he always reflected with particular satisfaction as well on account of the extraordinary merit of the lady as because it vested in her children a considerable part of that great estate which of right belonged to her grandmother and afterwards put him in a way to retrieve his estate from a heavy load of debt he had contracted when my lord set out on his paris expedition the money m had received from his generous friend at paris was almost reduced to the last guinea he had not yet reaped the least benefit from his engagements with his lordship and disdaining to ask for a supply from him he knew not how to subsist with any degree of credit till his return this uncomfortable prospect was the more disagreeable to him as at that time of life he was much inclined to appear in the gay world had contracted a taste for plays operas and other public diversions and acquired an acquaintance with many people of good fashion which could not be maintained without a considerable expense in this emergency he thought he could not employ his idle time more profitably than in translating from foreign languages such books as were then chiefly in vogue and upon application to a friend who was a man of letters he was furnished with as much business of that kind as he could possibly manage and wrote some pamphlets on the reigning controversies of that time that had the good fortune to please he was also concerned in a monthly journal of literature and the work was carried on by the two friends jointly though m did not at all appear in the partnership by these means he not only spent his mornings in useful exercise but supplied himself with money for what the french call the menu plaisir during the whole summer he frequented all the assemblies in and about london and considerably enlarged his acquaintance among the fair sex he had upon his first arrival in england become acquainted with a lady at an assembly not far from london and though at that time he had no thoughts of extending his views farther than the usual gallantry of the place he met with such distinguishing marks of her regard in the sequel and was so particularly encouraged by the advice of another lady with whom he had been intimate in france and who was now of their parties that he could not help entertaining hopes of making an impression upon the heart of his agreeable partner who was a young lady of an ample fortune and great expectations he therefore cultivated her good graces with all the assiduity and address of which he was master and succeeded so well in his endeavours that after a due course of attendance and the death of an aunt by which she received an accession of fortune to the amount of three and twenty thousand pounds he ventured to declare his passion and she not only heard him with patience and approbation but also replied in terms adequate to his warmest wish finding himself so favourably received he pressed her to secure his happiness by marriage but to this proposal she objected the recency of her kinswoman's death which would have rendered such a step highly indecent and the displeasure of her other relations from whom she had still greater expectations and who at that time importuned her to marry a cousin of her own whom she could not like however that m might have no cause to repine at her delay she freely entered with him into an intimacy of correspondence during which nothing could have added to their mutual felicity which was the more poignant and refined from the mysterious and romantic manner of their enjoying it for though he publicly visited her as an acquaintance his behaviour on these occasions was always so distant 
respectful and reserved that the rest of the company could not possibly suspect the nature of their reciprocal attachment in consequence of which they used to have private interviews unknown to every soul upon earth except her maid who was necessarily entrusted with the secret in this manner they enjoyed the conversation of each other for above twelve months without the least interruption and though the stability of mr m s fortune depended entirely upon their marriage yet as he perceived his mistress so averse to it he never urged it with vehemence nor was at all anxious on that score being easily induced to defer a ceremony which as he then thought could in no shape have added to their satisfaction though he have since altered his sentiments be that as it will his indulgent mistress in order to set his mind at ease in that particular and in full confidence of his honour insisted on his accepting a deed of gift of her whole fortune in consideration of her intended marriage and after some difficulty he was prevailed upon to receive this proof of her esteem well knowing that it would still be in his power to return the obligation though she often entreated him to take upon himself the entire administration of her finances and upon divers occasions pressed him to accept of large sums he never once abused her generous disposition or solicited her for money except for some humane purpose which she was always more ready to fulfil than he to propose in the course of this correspondence he became acquainted with some of her female relations and among the rest with a young lady so eminently adorned with all the qualifications of mind and person that notwithstanding all his philosophy and caution he could not behold and converse with her without being deeply smitten with her charms he did all in his power to discourage this dangerous invasion in the beginning and to conceal the least symptom of it from her relation he summoned all his reflection to his aid and thinking it would be base and dishonest to cherish any sentiment repugnant to the affection which he owed to a mistress who had placed such unlimited confidence in him he attempted to stifle the infant flame by avoiding the amiable inspirer of it but the passion had taken too deep a root in his heart to be so easily extirpated his absence from the dear object increased the impatience of his love the intestine conflict between that and gratitude deprived him of his rest and appetite he was in a short time emaciated by continual watching anxiety and want of nourishment and so much altered from his usual cheerfulness that his mistress being surprised and alarmed at the change which from the symptoms she judged was owing to some uneasiness of mind took all imaginable pains to discover the cause in all probability it did not escape her penetration for she more than once asked if he was in love with her cousin protesting that far from being an obstacle to his happiness she would in that case be an advocate for his passion however this declaration was never made without manifest signs of anxiety and uneasiness which made such an impression upon the heart of him that he resolved to sacrifice his happiness and even his life rather than take any step which might be construed into an injury or insult to a person who had treated him with such generosity and goodness in consequence of this resolution he formed another which was to go abroad under pretence of recovering his health but in reality to avoid the temptation as well as the suspicion of being inconstant and in this design he was confirmed by his physician who actually thought him in the first stage of a consumption and therefore advised him to repair to the south of france 
he communicated his design with the doctor's opinion to the lady who agreed to it with much less difficulty than he found in conquering his own reluctance at parting with the dear object of his love the consent of his generous mistress being obtained he waited upon her with the instrument whereby she had made the conveyance of her fortune to him and all his remonstrances being insufficient to persuade her to take it back he cancelled it in her presence and placed it in that state upon her toilet which she was dressing whereupon she shed a torrent of tears saying she now plainly perceived that he wanted to tear himself from her and that his affections were settled upon another he was sensibly affected by this proof of her concern and endeavoured to calm the perturbation of her mind by vowing eternal fidelity and pressing her to accept of his hand in due form before his departure by these means her transports were quieted for the present and the marriage deferred for the same prudential reasons which had hitherto prevented it matters being thus compromised and the day fixed for his departure she together with her faithful maid one morning visited him for the first time at his own lodgings and after breakfast desiring to speak with him in private he conducted her into another room where assuming an unusual gravity of aspect my dear m said she you are now going to leave me and god alone knows if ever we shall meet again therefore if you really love me with that tenderness which you profess you will accept of this mark of my friendship and unalterable affection it will at least be a provision for your journey and if an accident should befall me before i have the happiness of receiving you again into my arms i shall have the satisfaction of knowing that you are not altogether without resource so saying she put an embroidered pocket-book into his hand he expressed the high sense he had of her generosity and affection in the most pathetic terms and begged leave to suspend his acceptance until he should know the contents of her present which was so extraordinary that he absolutely refused to receive it he was however by her repeated entreaties in a manner compelled to receive about one-half and she afterwards insisted upon his taking a reinforcement of a considerable sum for the expense of his journey having stayed with her ten days beyond the time he had fixed for his departure and settled the method of their correspondence he took his leave with a heart full of sorrow anxiety and distraction produced from the different suggestions of his duty and love he then set out for france and after a short stay at paris proceeded to aix and provence and from thence to marseilles at which two places he continued for some months but nothing he met with being able to dissipate those melancholy ideas which still preyed upon his imagination and affected his spirits he endeavoured to elude them with a succession of new objects and with that view persuaded a councillor of the parliament of aix a man of great worth learning and good humour to accompany him in making a tour of those parts of france which he had not yet seen on their return from this excursion they found at aix an italian abbe a person of character and great knowledge of men and books who having travelled all over germany and france was so far on his return to his own country m having by means of his friend the counsellor contracted an acquaintance with this gentleman and being desirous of seeing some parts of italy particularly the carnival at venice they set out together from marseilles in a tartan for genoa coasting it all the way and lying on shore every night having shown him what was most remarkable in this city his friend the abbe was so obliging as to conduct him through tuscany and the most remarkable cities in lombardy to venice wherein 
insisted upon defraying the expense of the whole tour in consideration of the abbe's complaisance which had been of infinite service to him in the course of this expedition having remained five weeks at venice he was preparing to set out for rome with some english gentlemen whom he had met by accident when he was all of a sudden obliged to change his resolution by some disagreeable letters which he received from london he had from his first departure corresponded with his generous though inconstant mistress with a religious exactness and punctuality nor was she for some time less observant of the agreement they had made nevertheless she by degrees became so negligent and cold in her expression and so slack in her correspondence that he could not help observing and upbraiding her with such indifference and her endeavours to palliate it were supported by pretexts so frivolous as to be easily seen through by a lover of very little discernment while he tortured himself with conjectures about the cause of this unexpected change he received such intelligence from england as when joined with what he himself had perceived by her manner of writing left him little or no room to doubt of her fickleness and inconstancy nevertheless as he knew by experience that informations of that kind are not to be entirely relied upon he resolved to be more certainly apprised and for that end departed immediately for london by the way of tyrol bavaria alsace and paris on his arrival in england he learned with infinite concern that his intelligence had not been at all exaggerated and his sorrow was inexpressible to find a person endowed with so many other noble and amiable qualities seduced into an indiscretion that of necessity ruined the whole plan which had been concerted between them for their mutual happiness she made several attempts by letters and interviews to palliate her conduct and soften him into a reconciliation but his honour being concerned he remained deaf to all her entreaties and proposals nevertheless i have often heard him say that he could not help loving her and revering the memory of a person to whose generosity and goodness he owed his fortune and one whose foibles were overbalanced by a thousand good qualities he often insisted on making it restitution but far from complying with that proposal she afterwards often endeavoured to lay him under yet greater obligations of the same kind and importuned him with the warmest solicitations to renew their former correspondence which he as often declined m took this instance of the inconstancy of the sex so much to heart that he had almost resolved for the future to keep clear of all engagements for life and return to paris in order to dissipate his anxiety where he hired an apartment in one of the academies in the exercises whereof he took singular delight during his residence at this place he had the good fortune to ingratiate himself with the great general a descendant of one of the most ancient and illustrious families in france having attracted his notice by some remarks he had written on folard's polybius which were accidentally shown to that great man by one of his aides-de-camp who was a particular friend of him the favour he had thus acquired was strengthened by his assiduities and attention upon his return to london he sent some of handel's newest compositions to the prince who was particularly fond of that gentleman's productions together with clark's edition of caesar and in the spring of the same year before the french army took the field he was honoured with a most obliging letter from the prince inviting him to come over if he wanted to see the operations of the campaign and desiring he would give himself no trouble about his equipage 
him having still some remains of a military disposition and this to be a more favourable opportunity than any he should ever meet with again readily embraced the offer and sacrificed the soft delights of love which at that time he enjoyed without control to an eager laborious and dangerous curiosity in that and the following campaign during which he was present at the siege of philipsburg and several other actions he enlarged his acquaintance among the french officers especially those of the graver sort who had a taste for books and literature and the friendship and interest of those gentlemen were afterwards of singular service to him though in an affair altogether foreign from their profession he had all along made diligent inquiry into the trade and manufactures of the countries through which he had occasion to travel more particularly those of holland england and france and as he was well acquainted with the revenue and farms of this last kingdom he saw with concern the great disadvantages under which our tobacco trade the most considerable branch of our commerce with that people was carried on what inconsiderable returns were made to the planters out of the low price given by the french company and how much it was in the power of that company to reduce it still lower m had formed a scheme to remedy this evil so far as it related to the national loss or gain by not permitting the duty of one penny in the pound old subsidy to be drawn back on tobacco re-exported he demonstrated to the ministry of that time that so inconsiderable a duty could not in the least diminish the demand from abroad which was the only circumstance to be apprehended and that the yearly produce of that revenue would amount to one hundred and twenty thousand pounds without one shilling additional expense to the public but the ministry having the excise scheme then in contemplation could think of no other till that should be tried and that project having miscarried he renewed his application when they approved of his scheme in every particular but discovered a surprising backwardness to carry it into execution his expectations in this quarter being disappointed he by the interposition of his friends presented a plan to the french company in which he set forth the advantages that would accrue to themselves from fixing the price and securing that sort of tobacco which best suited the taste of the public and their manufacture and finally proposed to furnish them with any quantity at the price which they paid in the port of london after some dispute they agreed to this proposal and contracted with him for fifteen thousand hogsheads a year for which they obliged themselves to pay ready money on its arrival in any one or more convenient ports in the south or western coasts of great britain that he should please to fix upon for that purpose m no sooner obtained this contract than he immediately set out for america in order to put it in execution and by way of companion carried with him a little french abbe a man of humour wit and learning with whom he had been long acquainted and for whom he had done many good offices on his arrival in virginia which opportunely he happened at a time when all the gentlemen were assembled in the capital of that province he published a memorial representing the disadvantages under which their trade was carried on the true method of redressing their own grievances in that respect and proposing to contract with them for the yearly quantity of fifteen thousand hogsheads of such tobacco as was fit for the french market at the price which he demonstrated to be considerably greater than that which they had formerly received this remonstrance met with all the success and encouragement he could expect the principal planters seeing their own interests concerned readily assented to the proposal which through their influence was also relished by the rest 
and the only difficulty that remained related to the security for payment of the bills on the arrival of the tobacco in england and to the time stipulated for the continuance of the contract in order to remove these objections mr m returned to europe and found the french company of farmers disposed to agree to everything he desired for facilitating the execution of the contract and perfectly well pleased with the sample which he had already sent but his good friend the abbe whom he had left behind him in america by an unparalleled piece of treachery found means to overturn the whole project he secretly wrote a memorial to the company importing that he found by experience m could afford to furnish them at a much lower price than that which they had agreed to give and that by being in possession of the contract for five years as was intended according to the proposal he would have the company so much in his power that they must afterwards submit to any price he should please to impose and that if they thought him worth of such a trust he would undertake to furnish them at an easier rate in conjunction with some of the leading men in virginia and maryland with whom he said he had already concerted measures for that purpose the company were so much alarmed at these insinuations that they declined complying with mr m s demands until the abbe's return and though they afterwards used all their endeavours to persuade him to be concerned with that little traitor in his undertaking by which he might still have been a very considerable gainer he resisted all their solicitations and plainly told them in the abbe's presence that he would never prostitute his own principles so far as to enter into engagements of any kind with a person of his character much less in a scheme that had a manifest tendency to lower the market price of tobacco in england thus ended a project the most extensive simple and easy and as appeared by the trial made the best calculated to raise an immense fortune of any that was ever undertaken or planned by a private person a project in the execution of which m had the good of the public and the glory of putting in a flourishing condition the valuable branch of our trade which gives employment to two great provinces and above two hundred sail of ships much more at heart than his own private interest it was reasonable to expect that a man whose debts m had paid more than once whom he had obliged in many other respects and whom he had carried with him at a very considerable expense on this expedition merely with a view of bettering his fortune would have acted with common honesty if not with gratitude but such was the depravity of this little monster's heart that on his deathbed he left a considerable fortune to mere strangers with whom he had little or no connection without the least thought of refunding the money advanced for him by m in order to prevent his rotting in a jail when m had once obtained a command of money he by his knowledge in several branches of trade as well as by the assistance of some intelligent friends at paris and london found means to employ it to very good purpose and had he been a man of that selfish disposition which too much prevails in the world he might have been at this day master of a very ample fortune but his ear was never deaf to the voice of distress nor his beneficent heart shut against the calamities of his fellow-creatures he was even ingenious in contriving the most delicate methods of relieving modest indigence and by his industrious benevolence often anticipated the requests of misery i could relate a number of examples to illustrate my assertions in some of which you would perceive the most disinterested generosity but such a detail would trespass too much upon your time and i do not pretend to dwell upon every minute circumstance of his conduct let it suffice to say that upon the declaration of war in spain he gave up all his commercial schemes and called in his money from all quarters with a view of sitting down for the rest of his life contented with what he had got and restraining his liberalities to what he could spare from his yearly income 
this was a very prudential resolution could he have kept it but upon the breaking out of the war he could not without concern see many gentlemen of merit who had been recommended to him disappointed of commissions merely for want of money to satisfy the expectations of the commission brokers of that time and therefore launched out considerable sums for them on their bare notes great part whereof was lost by the death of some in the unfortunate expedition to the west indies he at length after many other actions of like nature from motives of pure humanity love of justice and abhorrence of oppression embarked in a cause every way the most important that ever came under the discussion of the courts of law in these kingdoms whether it be considered in relation to the extraordinary nature of the case or the immense property of no less than fifty thousand pounds a year and three peerages that depended upon it End of chapter ninety eight part two